podcast, Move Forth with Grace. We will be reading the whole Bible in the year 2024. This is such a perfect way to get into God's Word each day and to develop your own relationship with God our Father through His Son, Jesus Christ. I am your host, Angela, and want to first of all say that I'm not an expert in theology or church history or a minister, and I never will claim to be. I am a wife and mother who has been reborn and want to be of service to God and gratitude for calling me back home. Welcome to the podcast. The Bible that I will be reading from is the One Year Bible. It is a New Living Translation, and you can find one at www.tendale.com. This episode is brought to you by the Move Forth brand. It encompasses freedom, health, and God's grace. We are created in God's image perfectly and fearfully and wonderfully. There is nothing that we need to do to earn His grace and His healing. He simply gives it to us. I am certified in health and life coaching, but no longer practice. However, I have health tips and resources, products that I love and use, homeschool tips and merchandise available on my website, and that is www.move.com. One of my favorite products on my website and that I use each day are stem cell activation patches. Stem cell therapy can be very costly and can produce results that are short-lived, which is why these patches are so brilliant and they're not considered to be stem cell therapy. They actually activate our own body's production of stem cells and support our health and well-being, all while optimizing our immune system. You can check those out on my website as well, www.move-forth.com. Thank you for being here. Thank you for becoming less like you and more like Jesus. May you move forth with grace today. All right. Well, today is day 59. We will be reading Leviticus 22, 17 through 23, 44, Mark 9, 30 through 10, 12, Psalm 44, 1 through 8, and Proverbs 10, 19. Let's go ahead and begin with prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for this time in your word and your presence. We just pray for your wisdom today and each day moving forward. We say this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Leviticus 22, 17 through 23, 44. And the Lord said to Moses, Give Aaron and his sons and all the Israelites these instructions, which apply both to native Israelites and to the foreigners living among you. If you present a gift as a burnt offering to the Lord, whether it is to fulfill a vow or is a voluntary offering, you will be accepted only if your offering is a male animal with no defects. It may be a bull, a ram, or a male goat. Do not present an animal with defects because the Lord will not accept it on your behalf. If you present a peace offering to the Lord from the herd or the flock, whether it is to fulfill a vow or is a voluntary offering, you must offer a perfect animal. It may not It may have no defect of any kind. You must not offer an animal that is blind, crippled, or injured, or that has a wart, a skin sore, or scabs. Such animals must never be offered on the altar as special gifts to the Lord. If a bull or lamb has a leg that is too long or too short, it may be offered as a voluntary offering, but it may not be offered to fulfill a vow. If an animal has damaged testicles or is castrated, you may not offer it to the Lord. You must never do this in your own land. And you must not accept such an animal from foreigners and then offer it as a sacrifice to your God. Such animals will not be accepted on your behalf, for they are mutilated or defective. And the Lord said to Moses, When a calf or lamb or goat is born, it must be left with its mother for seven days. From the eighth day on, it will be acceptable as a special gift to the Lord. But you must not slaughter a mother animal or and her offspring on the same day, whether from the herd or the flock. When you bring a thanksgiving offering to the Lord, sacrifice it properly, so you will be accepted. Eat the entire sacrificial animal on the day it is presented. 
Do not leave any of it until the next morning. I am the Lord. You must faithfully keep all my commands by putting them into practice, for I am the Lord. Do not bring shame on my holy name, for I will display my holiness among the people of Israel. I am the Lord who makes you holy. It was I who rescued you from the land of Egypt, that I might be your God. I am the Lord. The Lord said to Moses, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. These are the Lord's appointed festivals, which you are to proclaim as official days for holy assembly. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of complete rest, an official day for holy assembly. It is the Lord's Sabbath day, and it must be observed wherever you live. In addition to the Sabbath, these are the Lord's appointed festivals, the official days for holy assembly that are to be celebrated at their proper times each year. The Lord's Passover begins at sundown on the 14th day of the first month. On the first day, the 15th day of the month, you must, excuse me, on the next day, the 15th day of the month, you must begin celebrating the festival of unleavened bread. This festival to the Lord continues for seven days, and during that time, the bread you eat must be made without yeast. On the first day of the festival, all the people must stop their ordinary work and observe an official day for holy assembly. For seven days, you must present special gifts to the Lord. On the seventh day, the people must again stop all their ordinary work to observe an official day for holy assembly. Then the Lord said to Moses, give the following instructions to the people of Israel. When you enter the land I am giving you and your harvest and you harvest its crops, bring the priest a, a bundle of grain from the first cutting of your grain harvest. On the day after the Sabbath, the priest will lift it up before the Lord so it may be accepted on your behalf. On that same day, you must sacrifice a one-year-old male lamb with no defects as a burnt offering to the Lord. With it, you must present a grain offering consisting of four quarts of choice flour moistened with olive oil. It will be a special gift, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. You must also offer one quart of wine as a liquid offering. Do not eat any bread or, or roasted grain or fresh kernels on that day until you bring this offering to your God. This is a permanent law for you, and it must be observed from generation to generation wherever you live. From the day after the Sabbath, the day you bring the bundle of grain to be lifted up as a special offering, count off seven full weeks. Keep counting until the day after the seventh Sabbath, 50 days later. Then present an offering of new grain to the Lord from wherever you live. Bring two loaves of bread to be lifted up before the Lord as a special offering. Make these loaves from four quarts of choice flour and bake them with, with yeast. They will be an offering to the Lord from the first of your crops. Along with the bread, present seven one-year-old lambs with no defects, one young bull, and two rams as burnt offerings to the Lord. These burnt offerings together with the grain offerings and liquid offerings will be a special gift, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. Then you must offer one male goat as a sin offering and two one-year-old male lambs as a peace offering. The priest will lift up the two lambs as a special offering to the Lord, together with the loaves representing the first of your crops. These offerings, which are holy to the Lord, belong to the priests. That same day will be proclaimed an official day for holy assembly, a day on which you do no ordinary work. This is a permanent law for you, and it must be observed from generation to generation wherever you live. When you harvest the crops of your land, do not harvest the grain along the edges of your fields, and do not pick up what the harvesters drop. Leave it for the poor and the foreigners living among you. I am the Lord your God. The Lord said to Moses, give the following instructions to the people of Israel. On the first day of the appointed month in early autumn, you are to observe a day of complete rest. 
It will be an official day for Holy Assembly, a day commemorating commemorated with loud blasts of a trumpet. You must do no ordinary work on that day. Instead, you are to present special gifts to the Lord. Then the Lord said to Moses, Be careful to celebrate the Day of Atonement on the tenth day of that same month, nine days after the Festival of Trumpets. You must observe it as an official day for Holy Assembly, a day to deny yourselves and present special gifts to the Lord. Do not work during the entire day because it is the Day of Atonement. When offerings of purification are made for you, making you right with the Lord your God. All who do not deny themselves that day will be cut off from God's people. And I will destroy anyone among you who does work on that day. You must not do any work at all. This is a permanent law for you, and it must be observed from generation to generation wherever you live. This will be a Sabbath day of complete rest for you, and on that day you must deny yourselves. This day of rest will begin at sundown on the ninth day of the month and extend until Sunday sundown on the tenth day. And the Lord said to Moses, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. Begin celebrating the festival of shelters on the fifteenth day of the appointed month, five days after the day of atonement. This festival to the Lord will last for seven days. On the first day of the festival, you must proclaim an official day for holy assembly when you do no ordinary work. For seven days you must present special gifts to the Lord. The eighth day is another holy day on which you present your special gifts to the Lord. This will be a solemn occasion, and no ordinary work may be done that day. These are the Lord's appointed festivals. Celebrate them each year as official days for holy assembly by presenting special gifts to the Lord. Burnt offerings, grain offerings, sacrifices, and liquid offerings, each on its proper day. These festivals must be observed in addition to the Lord's regular Sabbath days, and the offerings are in addition to your personal gifts. The offerings you give to fulfill your vows and the voluntary offerings you present to the Lord. Remember that this seven-day festival to the Lord, the Festival of the Shelters, begins on the 15th day of the appointed month after you have harvested all the produce of the land. The first day and the eighth day of the festival will be days of complete rest. On the first day, gather branches from magnificent trees, palm fronds, bows from leafy trees, and willows that grow by the streams. Then celebrate with joy before the Lord your God for seven days. You must observe this festival to the Lord for seven days every year. This is a permanent law for you, and it must be observed in the appointed month from generation to generation. For seven days you must live outside in little shelters. All native-born Israelites must live in shelters. This will remind each new generation of Israelites that I made their ancestors live in shelters when I rescued them from the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. So Moses gave the Israelites these instructions regarding the annual festivals of the Lord. Mark 9:30 through 10:12. Leaving that region, they traveled through Galilee. Jesus didn't want anyone to know he was there, for he wanted to spend more time with his disciples and teach them. He said to them, The Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of his enemies. He will be killed, but three days later he will rise from the dead. They didn't understand what he was saying, however, and they were afraid to ask him what he meant. After they arrived at Capernaum and settled in a house, Jesus asked his disciples, What were you discussing out on the road? But they didn't answer because they had been arguing about which of them was the greatest. He sat down, called the twelve disciples over to him, and said, 
Whoever wants to be first must take last place and be the servant of some of everyone else. Then he put a little child among them. Taking the child in his arms, he said to them, Anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf welcomes me, and anyone who welcomes me welcomes not only me, but also my father who sent me. John said to Jesus, Teacher, we saw someone using your name to cast out demons, but we told him to stop because he wasn't in our group. Don't stop him, Jesus said. No one who performs a miracle in my name will soon be able to speak evil of me. Anyone who is not against us is for us. If anyone gives you even a cup of water because you belong to the Messiah, I tell you the truth, that person will surely be rewarded. But if you cause one of these little ones who trusts in me to fall into sin, it would be better for you to be thrown into the sea with a large millstone hung around your neck. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better to enter eternal life with only one hand than to go into the unquenchable fires of hell with two hands. If your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better to enter eternal life with only one foot than to be thrown into hell with two feet. And if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. It's better to enter the kingdom of God with only one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into hell, where the maggots never die and the fire never goes out. For everyone will be tested with fire. Salt is good for seasoning, but if it loses its flavor, how do you make it salty again? You must have the qualities of salt among yourselves and live in peace with each other. Then Jesus left Capernaum and went down to the region of Judea and into the area east of the Jordan River. Once again, crowds gathered around him, and as usual, he was teaching them. Some Pharisees came and tried to trap him with this question, Should a man be allowed to divorce his wife? Jesus answered them with the question, What did Moses say in the law about divorce? Well, he permitted it, they replied. He said a man can give his wife a written notice of divorce and send her away. But Jesus responded, He wrote this commandment only as a concession to your hard hearts. But God made them male and female from the beginning of creation. This explains why a man leaves his father and a mother is joined to, he leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. And the two are united into one. Since they are no longer two, but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. Later, when he was alone with his disciples in the house, they brought up the subject again. He told them, whoever divorces his wife and marries someone else commits adultery against her. And if a woman divorces her husband and marries someone else, she commits adultery. Psalm 44, 1 through 8. For the choir director, a psalm of the descendants of Korah. O God, we have heard it with our own ears. Our ancestors have told us of all you did in their day, in days long ago. You drove out the pagan nations by your power and gave all the land to our ancestors. You crushed their enemies and set our ancestors free. They did not conquer the land with their swords. It was not their own strong arm that gave them victory. It was your right hand and strong arm and the blinding light from your face that helped them, for you loved them. You are my king and my God. You command victories for Israel. Only by your power can we push back our enemies. Only in your name can we trample our foes. I do not trust in my bow. I do not count on my sword to save me. You are the one who gives us victory over our enemies. You disgrace those who hate us. O God, we give glory to you all day long and constantly praise your name. Proverbs 10, 19. Too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. 
And that concludes our reading time for today. All right, so over in the companion today, in Leviticus 23.6, what was the significance of the Feast of Unleavened Bread? The Feast of Unleavened Bread reminded Israel of their escape from Egypt. For seven days, they ate unleavened bread, just as they had eaten it back then, in Exodus 12.14-15. The symbolism of this bread, made without yeast, was important to the Israelites. First, because the bread was unique, it illustrated Israel's uniqueness as a nation. Second, because yeast was a symbol of sin, the bread represented Israel's moral purity. Third, the bread reminded them to obey quickly. Their ancestors let the yeast out of their dough so they could leave Egypt quickly without waiting for the dough to rise. And so um, as we continue in Leviticus, just wanted to, you know, have a friendly reminder here um, that these books in the Old Testament are to help to remind us how holy God is. They point us to the holiness of God. And the New Testament then points us to the need of a Savior. So I just want to just place that reminder in here uh, because sometimes the Old Testament can feel a little heavy or um, sometimes we don't always understand, you know, uh, you know, what these laws are all about. And, and it just, it, it seems, um, in our, in our perspective, right. It seems different than the new Testament and yes, it is, but, um, it is an important part of the entire Bible. And so I just want to kind of breathe some fresh life into it and to remind ourselves that this is to show us the holiness of God. And he is still holy today, just as he was, um, all the way back then. So, uh, just wanted to, you know, just bring that, bring that back in. Okay. Uh, now moving over into Mark today with a couple of questions. All right, let's see here. Um, Mark nine, two, why were the disciples afraid to ask Jesus about his prediction of his death? Because he mentioned it, but they were like, we don't really understand, but we're too afraid to ask him what that means. So let's see. Perhaps it was because the last time they reacted to Jesus to Jesus's sobering words, they were scolded. In their minds, Jesus seemed morbidly preoccupied with death. Actually, it was the disciples who were wrongly preoccupied, constantly thinking about the kingdom they hoped Jesus would bring and their positions in it. They were worried what would happen to them if Jesus died and the kingdom, as they imagined it, could not come. Consequently, they preferred not to ask about his predictions. That makes sense. I can I can see how they might think that way. All right. And then in Mark 9, 49, what did Jesus mean when he said, for everyone will be salted with fire? Numerous explanations have been given for this phrase. Many commentators perceive this as an allusion to Leviticus 2.13, which states that cereal offerings are to be offered with the salt of the covenant. And since salt is a preservative and fire is often used as a purifier, the metaphor speaks of preserving and purifying. And then in Mark 10.3-9, why did God permit divorce? God allowed divorce as a concession to people's sinfulness. Divorce was not approved, but it was instituted to protect the injured party in a bad situation. Unfortunately, the Pharisees used Deuteronomy 24.1 as a proof text for divorce. 
Jesus explained that this was not God's intent. Instead, God wants married people to con- to consider their marriage permanent. So just because it was made a law, it doesn't always mean that God is okay with that. And um, that is, you know, one of the reasons why if, if you have gone through a divorce, um, it's important to understand what God thinks about it and uh, to to do all that you can to um, make that right with him. To humbly pray and um, just, you know, get closer to him about that and uh, hopefully there will be peace with it. All right, well, let's go ahead and end with our prayer today. Dear Lord, thank you for always just being so clear on who you are and how you think and um, what type of life you want for us. You want a you want good lives for us. You want us to know who you are and how we can be in a good relationship with you, Father. And we just thank you for sending Jesus. We thank you for um, being a part of, of time where he has come, where the Holy Spirit has entered our hearts, Father. And we just... We just thank you, Jesus, for helping us to uh, bring us back into relationship with God, our Father. He, Father, you are holy. You are you are the holiest, and we just we just need and have needed Jesus, and we will always need Jesus, and we will always be grateful. Jesus, we will always be grateful to you for what you were willing to do to die on the cross, a brutal death for all of us to take our place, to take away our sins, to cleanse us. And we just, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you for washing us clean. We thank you, Father, that there is no sin that can separate us from your love. Please help us all to remember that as sometimes um, our own sins uh, follow us from the past or, you know, maybe we are still sinning in our lives, Father, and we just, we pray that we can come to you, that we can repent, that we can uh, turn away from sin once again, and that we can be reunited with you. We say this prayer in your name, Jesus. Amen. Well, that concludes our episode for today. Thank you so much for joining me today, for being here. I look forward to being with you in the next episode. Take care.